The Daily Talk Show, episode 21. It is Tuesday, TJ, uh, Tommy. What's up? Uh, and I'm Josh. Thanks for everyone who listened to uh, our last episode. Yeah, M. Knight from London. Yeah. This is um, the woman who bought an O-Bike fishing t-shirt last minute, and I and I wasn't ever shipping them overseas, and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to ship one to M over in um, London. She said, episode 17, I agree, don't feed the trolls. That was the episode talking about yep. trolls I online. love that people are going back. Yeah, it's great. But at least spend some time engaging with your decent audience. Yeah, I agree. I actually went onto her account and um, Chrome started fucking up, so I stopped watching it, but I started watching her make miso soup <laughs> that her friend sent her. <laughs> Interesting page. She, yeah. she puts in the effort. 100%. I, I enjoy it. I'm like... So hang on, you saw that comment. How did you see that comment? Because I just fuck it. You know what I'm like. I just... <laughs> Dude... You, I reckon I could fucking make a comment on a random video online and you it. would find it. Yeah. I would be the type of person that if you had created this podcast, so it was like Tommy and BMAC yeah. <laughs> on doing the daily talk show, I would be the BMAC and I would know um, BMAC who's been listening early on. Yeah. I would have weaseled my way and been listening from Ep1. Yeah, true. You, it, it blows my mind like i've said to you let's find out this person's like let's find out where this person lives we found out didn't we find out where one of the trolls that was uh trolling me on the o-bike stuff didn't we find out where he lives yeah we, 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 we so can. you can find out that let's just get a bit fucking scary for some people so mm. say you go and start say if all i gave you was a business name what could you find uh, what could you find? How it's hard far? To, it's, it's hard to say because you sort of got to go in through so many different routes. But but if you've got an ABN, usually you can yeah, find... Yeah, I can go through and sort of deconstruct it and go through different things. What's a story that comes to mind where you've got... Like uh, someone's done something to you and you've fucking... I'm trying to think. I mean, there's, there's the Telstra stories, which I've, I've told. No, nah, but I mean but like... Yeah, someone, someone else. I'm trying to think. Have I done? I'm sure. Who owns been, a domain name or something like that? Like, oh, there's there's definitely been those types of things. Yeah, but going going into who is, which is sort of a way of seeing who owns certain domain names, and then yeah. going through their working out what their name server is and who they're hosted with, and then yeah, there's so many fun <laughs> things. You so could do. I've had this idea for a while, and it's to buy a domain name, and uh, I think what is it? Dot coms. People can like SEO businesses in India find out your details and can get your number through it which yeah, one is well, it yeah you they, they can do it with all of them so my idea was because I I've bought quite a few domains and usually you get a phone call within the next seven days after buying the domain yeah hello sir uh, I'm just calling about blah 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 domain I would love to um, do some SEO service for you blah 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 mm-hmm. and I thought how about buying just a like a dumb domain name that's like it sounds like my life hello <laughs> hello hello so i'm calling about i'm a twerp little boy.com <laughs> and so you get that they have to read out this this dumb domain name that you've got you, i'd like to go a bit more vicious than that yeah i like a bit it ruder the uh man yeah domain names we've, we've spoken about them a bit i feel like you're talking just move away a tiny bit from the mic. Actually, no, you're okay. No, Thanks. don't tell you me what to fucking do. Ones. Don't tell me what to All do. Right. Uh, Let's talk about happiness. Yeah. It's, um, I've been watching, I mentioned to you that there's a, it's a show on Netflix. It's called something happiness. Um, uh, 
pursuit of happiness will no destination happiness or it's like um fuck i can't remember the name it's don't get angry it's it's a name before happiness and it's about the this it's a documentary yeah this filmmaker and his missus who's a musician Mm -hmm. they are german and they fly to america and they buy this old school bus like one of the yellow, like oh, cool. legit school buses, and they transform it into this one-bedroom apartment. It's amazing, like wooden floors and like amazing wooden walls and like legit sink, shower, legit toilet, sink, none of like a legit fucking looks like it legit looks like a small <laughs> New York apartment. Amazing, and they get this big um, dog. What is it? A um, Bernese Mountain Dog, huge. I like big dog. If I was to get a dog, I'd get a big dog. Yeah. What's it making up for, big boy? <laughs> no, I just think that... A little boy? <laughs> no, I just want something fucking... That something you can real, to protect me. No, something that can real... When I get that, scared at night. No, I just get... <laughs> I can fucking play with. Guitar. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, just... You know, you get want something bored, that... When you fucking, doggy? When you throw... Like when... When you're on a fucking oval, you want to be yeah. able to see it when it's at the goalpost and you're on the other end. You don't want to be like, where's me little man gone? I want some fucking big... I want almost like a horse, like a Great Dane or yeah. some shit like that. Well, It doesn't really suit apartment living. And no. also the... Um, uh, I've just realized halfway through I'm getting really uh, off topic. Uh, but yeah, We're now yeah. into fucking talking about the and breed pets. of dog you yeah, want. Exactly. Sorry about that. So happiness... So anyway, they're, they're setting out across this, um, basically they're driving through America, up into Canada, over to Alaska. I like how you say all these names. Down through... Canada. America. Fuck off. America. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it. No wonder people have complexes because there's idiots like you out there that just pick people up on the most projecting? dumb shit. No, you just... Jeez, you're really stinging today. Go on about your happiness. Yeah, Clearly maybe that's something. why I'm talking about this. I'm unhappy, Josh. Mm. But it, so the the whole thing is they're like, this guy's got this business and he's leaving it to do this travel and they're essentially got no commitments, no responsibilities and um, like no schedule. Without the ability of DIYing. No, no, no. These guys are doing like eight months plus in a van. You're okay, doing sure. a cushy fucking flying over to Europe in a first class cabin in a in it's first a class. <laughs> I want to see I want to see the video. Josh um, somehow fuck it. We're going off topic, but he somehow has swindled the legit rooms on an airplane, the A380. Yeah, it's a, the the suite. It's like the double bed. It's going to be sick, but then we're going to fucking slip it. We're going to go from that to like being in the fucking Ibis, you know, yeah, <laughs> shitty <yeah>. hotels. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so they, they're sort of searching for what happiness means. And what I took from it was there's all this happiness in the unknown and the adventure and the no responsibility or um, what do you call it, routine. Yeah. But then they still f- come into these moments where it's little it's petty it's like we're working out our um what do you call it visas border crossing visas and like they start getting unhappy this is not what traveling is about this is not what we want but so and it's like everything that it's essentially life when you look at it across the board happiness like for the dude who's super busy has Mm -hmm. everything going on the family there's those moments of the happiness but then there's also the moments of the little stuff that just rattles your world and you consume and you remove yourself from the happy state that you were in. Well, happiness is a choice. 
happiness is a is a muscle that you choose to use mm. and so happiness isn't about necessarily the place that you're in in life but happiness is the choice that you're making on the way that you're perceiving that experience mm. so shit could be hitting the fan and you could be the happiness uh, the happiest you've ever been mm. right so i think that you know the things that i've learned and it's a practice that you need to fucking continually work on is you need to tr- like it's it's not about it's it's not even about fucking seeking happiness all the time i think that part of the mental health fucking issues is this idea of perfection versus happiness mm. and i think that it's okay for stuff to be fucked up it's okay to have all these things hap- happening but i think having gratitude and being able to say take a step back in those moments of the visa crossing and being like look where we are Mm. look at what i've been able to do to your point on a previous app you were talking about you can't you can't do the these polar opposites right you can't be um happy and mad at the same time (laughs) yeah right and so it's the same with gratitude gratitude I think is such an underutilized... I mean, it's a fucking hip thing that everyone seems to be talking Mm. about, especially in the day and age where it's very easy to look around you and be like, I don't have this, I don't have that. But so much of it is fucking mindset, right? Mm. And it's the ability of being like... And because it's also that thing of you get... Like, we've all arrived somewhere and then said to ourselves, is this it? So the thing that we've strived yeah. for so much, the job, the certain lifestyle, the holiday, you get there. And I normally, I think especially for the for the dreamers, the people who are, you know, constantly visualizing, our own minds can trick us and our expectations are way out of whack and then mm. we fucking get there. What did you say yesterday to me that... You've you found this point where you're busy enough that it's causing noise within your world that you're kind of in a good spot. Yeah. Whereas when there's not that noise, I need like the the thing that I've discovered about myself is I am happiest when I have a level of busy that I don't have the time to overthink things. Yeah. So it's about building out a schedule so that. I'm just focused on, okay, I need to do... Like, so it's the difference between someone saying, hey, we want to do this project in a month versus we want to do this project the next day. The next day I'll thrive because I just need to be in go, 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 go mode. Mm. Whereas if I've got a month, I have time to sit and think and think about all the options. And that's a very hard state to be in, right? Dan Harris, who uh, wrote 10% Happier, who's the anchor who um had the meltdown which i showed brie the meltdown on youtube the other day and she's like it was a pretty soft meltdown he essentially just uh through to break yeah he fumbles a little bit and then he throws it for anyone else for for you and i that would probably be a good on air bit (laughs) for him it was a meltdown quick backstory he'd been taking a lot of drugs and literally battling some mental illness and but his thing was throwing himself into work right so i realized that it's not necessarily the best way to go or you know the the best solution isn't to be doing that but that's the reason why 
people fucking exercise, right? It's all these counterintuitive things where it's like, I don't want to get up at 8 a.m. or fucking 6 a.m. and go for a run or go to the gym. I know you don't. <laughs> but the thing is you feel better after it, right? Yeah, yeah. You, and uh, even... I know I do because I do it. <laughs> you stop projecting You would too, though, bro. <laughs> uh, Richard, Richard Branson says that he's uh, he was asked where what makes him more efficient, like what's his biggest efficiency hack and it's exercise. But... Yeah. Um, so definitely, the- man. I've been doing literally this last couple of weeks. Shit feels like I've got a lot on, and I'm, it's hard to deal with. And I've just made it. A, I just have to get there. I have to do it. I have to do something. Just move. And and I and sometimes it doesn't even make me feel a million bucks. Like like some days it does. Like yeah. some days I'm driving to work from the gym, just like I feel like I've got so much oxygen running through my blood. I'm yeah. just happy but then other days it's like oh that just i'm still feeling fucked (laughs) i don't know if it's happiness that we should be seeking or it's that gratitude like what are you grateful for at the moment um i mean i i do this thing and it's from listening to tony robbins and these kind of people it's like the gratitude and i it lie in bed and i just think about it and it actually just if there's an explanation it's warm and fuzzy inside and that's what doing like the um, thinking about the things I'm grateful for makes me feel like that but I do it for everything it's like my health my baby my wife where we're at the fact that we can eat like just little micro stuff but this is the thing and this is probably it's interesting that you said all of that because I remember do you remember last year in August where I told myself that I was going to um walk a million steps in a month <laughs> that was my response to that same laugh i think uh no but the thing was no how many a million in a month yeah and it was doing because it required i think thirty-three thousand a day. a day and then what happened well i injured myself after day three <laughs> of course because you walked 60 well, 69,000 yeah. steps in three days you beast you don't even you can't fucking count yeah was, i can't it was but 99, i'm not attempting 000. How much? Uh, 99. Sorry, 99,000. Yeah, three times. Sorry, my bad. And so, fuck, you'd think that three days, does that work out? Yeah, three, six, nine, 99. Yeah, sure. That's a lot of fucking... That's so many steps, bro. Anyway, um, I was talking to a mate about it and he was saying, mate, that's fucking a lot. Why don't you... Like, why don't you start smaller? Mm. And I was like, look, I already... I'm already doing like 15,000 on average a day, right? He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. It's like, show me your steps, right? And so what happens is I would look at the data and I was like, oh, you know, so I did 17,000 that day. He's like, yeah, but you did 4,000 on that day. I'm like, yeah, but I did 12,000 that day, which is close to 15. He's like, yeah, but you did 9,000 that day. And I think the point is that we are very good at fucking tricking ourselves that if it's not a daily practice, if it's not something that we specifically do, I think that we overestimate how much we're doing it. Mm. And I think that that's been a big learning for me where it's like, yeah, Ben, I, um, you know, I'll do, I do this all the time. Like I go for a walk all the, all the time and then you like work it out and you're like, actually, I yeah. don't really do it as much. Um, and so I think that that's like putting it in and being very deliberate is very different, right? There's mm. a difference between saying, yeah, if I can meditate and it's like every Month. Once a week or yeah. once a month or whatever when yeah. you're like having a freak out. 
versus doing it when you don't necessarily need to do it. Mm. I think that's in the power. And I'm being a massive fucking preacher because I don't fucking do it. Mm. I don't meditate. Um, don't exercise. I don't. Well, I it's, do. Yeah, but I hang on. I think this is the yeah, definition. So but this it's is a definition to, thing. Because yeah. you, you, just going for a walk, unfortunately, it's not exercise because humans walk in general. If it's a dedicated exercise walk, that just that it's a different mindset. I know it's sometimes yeah. like an active lifestyle over, like what you're saying is you've got an active life where you're walking. Well, I think a it's lot. about being integrated, right? I've always said like I'd much like it's the fucking cliche of taking the stairs versus the lift or doing that sort yeah, of thing, yeah. and I've always done that. But um, I think that I'm guilty of it, where it's like, oh, I do this thing, and then you actually do the numbers on it. It's like, actually, mm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Or it's mm-hmm. a fuck. It's the same if you're um, if you're a business owner, right? You have like a huge month, you know, you're eighty grand in a month or some shit. Mm. And then you're like, fuck, you fucking average it out. It's like, oh, I'm doing like, you know, 50, 50 60 grand a month. And then it's like you have some smaller months. Like if you actually do the numbers, mm. I think that we're really fucking good at overestimating. Yeah, yeah. How how well we're doing or things like that. It's uh, we, we've talked a bit about people who find success and and relatively speaking you and i've had small successes but not huge scale no but these people on the huge scale look back to all the things we're experiencing now mm-hmm. and see them as the pivotal moments of where the success was yeah made and it's maybe it's like i feel like it, they're good stories yeah in the a lot of the times well um uh cyan uh, my friend who was, is one of the founders of Invato, she called, She was sort of talking a lot about this thing called the Crucible moment. I'm just Googling the Crucible. crucible. So, so that's a fucking book or something that we should have read in English. Sounds biblical. Yeah. So Crucible, what does it say? Okay. So this is, so what she was saying is that uh, she, she was saying specifically the women who were in leadership positions mm. typically had a Crucible moment. And so... She was using examples of people that we knew who had really hard upbringings or family issues or, you know, big issues in their family or moments where there's a turning point. She called it the crucible moment. I'm just Googling. So it says uh, a situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact leading to the creation of something new. Mm. And I think that... Crucible moment. Crucible moment. So I think that that makes a lot of sense, right? It's like that thing of sometimes we need to be shocked. Some of the worst things that have happened in my life have led to the biggest amount of growth. Mm. And the crucible, I think that if you're in a crucible moment right now, if shit's hitting the fan, if you are at the lowest you've ever been, realize that most people have been there. And most, if we look at, the most successful people in the world they're betting big on life and what that means is the downs fucking hurt mm. and they're and so i think in the moment it's very difficult but um have you seen that dude who uh he's, he's been he was in a video with logan paul he jumped off the golden gate bridge oh fuck he tried to commit suicide was this after logan paul did the suicide video no 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 Logan Paul interviewed him yeah. as part of this video he made around suicide and raising awareness. Oh, so it was in response. So he's done this. Yeah, like, he made so this video. So if you don't know, Logan like, Paul is the 
one of the biggest YouTubers, vlogger, he the controversy around he did a video where he went to the suicide forest mm. in Japan yeah. and basically filmed a dead body. He's got like an audience of millions and they're Huge. all kids. It was a massive <laughs> it's a bit of a clusterfuck. But anyway, so in response he's done this video this that video. sort of looks at suicide and raising awareness for it. But they interviewed this guy and I can't remember his name, but he's famous. I've seen him talk before years ago. Uh-huh. And he survived. He jumped off and he says the moment he jumped off he regretted jumping and he's falling and he says he regrets jumping and it's like fuck things are going so fast and maybe time slowed down for him in that moment yeah because i think about like really in these moments do you feel like that but this is what he says and that was a moment where everything changed for him and he survived it it's a it's like a release i remember watching um and i think it was on insights on sbs they had um, they were talking about suicide, yeah. And they had a few people who had tried, and one guy who had sort of fucked himself. He sort of his whole esophagus was all fucked. He tried to hang himself. I oh, know, and it didn't like it didn't fucking work. And he was talking about here's a guy who turn your fucking phone Sorry, off. Sorry, man. Sorry, it's about yeah. your timing. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith is now going live on Facey. See me doing some healing live on Facebook. Oh, great. Anyway, uh, so. Yeah, he, he talked about here's someone who uh, was really struggling in life who ended up really hurting himself and, and you know, mm-hmm. being sort of fucking crippled. I think he was in a wheelchair and stuff from it. It's like he, here he is in a worse situation than what he was before. I mean, you've spoken about you've had suicide in your life and mm-hmm. people around you. How is that? How has that affected your perspective on things? Yeah, man, it's... It's fucking full on. Have you had anyone? No. Dude, I, I had my best mate when I was 18 uh, take his own life. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call from... I was lying in bed. It was like fucking 9 p.m. I get this phone call and I answer it. And this woman saying to me... Uh, he, I don't want to say his name, but he's gone... And uh, what? He's gone. Uh, he's gone. Anyway, it was his mum calling me. I literally said to her, you're, you're lying. What mm-hmm. are you... Like, it's those moments where you yeah. go, those people say, oh, Everybody you're lying, you're joking. Yeah. It's like, of course they're not fucking joking. Yeah. But it's so surreal. And that fucking rattled the shit out of me. I had my a kid in my street take his own life. Yeah, and I just remember thinking about it so much, and then my godmother she took her own life, mm. and a guy that I worked with at the gym he took his own life. And what what makes me so sad is thinking about the moment. I don't know with, and this is what happens though. You think a lot. It makes you think a lot. And I think about the moment and the dark place, and that's what fucking saddens me so much. It's the event, isn't it? It's like the. Did you feel when when it happened to your best friend, was it, did you, did you mentally go to the event itself or was it, did you go back to memories or what was your default Oh, it's thoughts? numb. It's like you've heard people say you're numb when there's a big event like this and it doesn't kick in and it really didn't kick in until I was sitting in his room by myself. You know, days later or a week later and I was just crying and it's like, 
I don't know. It's like shit. It, it's surreal. Yeah. So it doesn't actually feel real. And it's like I've, I've re- reckon I've thought about him most days since this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a big personality, this dude. And, and it, yeah, it's just, oh, I don't know. What what have you taken through that whole those experiences? Um, like it, life's hard, mm. and the, these are the people that have found it the hardest because they've seen that as the only option. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't know. I, for me, I haven't th- gone that in those dark thoughts for myself. Yeah. And I feel so grateful that I'm lucky and blessed that my mind is one that's not in that frequency or not thinking about that stuff. You know, even when I do feel horrible and sad and experience what everyone else does, yeah, I'm just like, I think about, I think it maybe it makes me not, maybe in these moments it gives me a bit of reality. Yeah. And it's like, I think about those people that lost that fight with themselves mm. and it's like maybe it gives me a bit of strength yeah you know it's like it's not that it was their sacrifice but it's like their their action it, it's it's a flow it on. should have some sort of impact right it's a like fucking if, impact if it's such a sad thing and regrettable yeah. thing that there's almost the desire to mm. have some sort of like I'm constantly like what's the learning with everything right yeah even in the hardest moments. Um, yeah, and I guess that that, it's the, the impact of the people around. Mm. Do you think, what was the, uh, how did you, how do you think that you got through it? Was it being with other friends? Did you have to, I mean, because yeah. it seems like in some ways that what you're describing is you don't go into that mental headspace. So you're not, you think about it, but is it, it's not dark. Like, how do you describe the thoughts around what happened? I can't even fathom being that in that place. Mm. So that's what kind of rattles me to feel like you've got nothing. Yeah. When there's like all these people do that have been in my life that have taken their own lives mm-hmm. are huge personalities. Yeah. Like disruptive, just magnetic people. Yeah. And it's like, they can't even see that yeah when i see it and everyone around them sees it it's like obviously that to me says there is this total disconnect from that because there's this total inside thing that's taken over them mm-hmm. and um yeah maybe a maybe they have a greater attachment to identity or what we would maybe describe as ego mm. and when you have that when you identify with something and you put so much weight onto your personality or who you are mm. maybe you know the the advantage is that there's huge amounts of you know they're extroverts yeah but then they're also um having lows did they in those scenarios do they sort of uh backtrack and try and understand is there like is there that type of process when someone um, commit suicide oh, I think it, it's varied it's the people that in my life that have done it they I don't think it's come as like a huge shock yeah it's like so they've oh, all had just sort of a, mental health 
mental health, bigger than life, yeah. you know. But bigger than life, you wouldn't necessarily there. associate maybe with... Battling, maybe you know that they've had their own demons. Yeah. But when you're 18, who the fuck? Everyone's yeah, trying exactly. to make it yeah. through, uh, you know, the puberty, just like actually growing up. And that's why some of my mates, my best mate, for, um, who we kind of went all through all this stuff with, and he's had his own demons. Mm-hmm. We say together, we're like, man, we just made it out that other side. Yeah. Because I can tell you right now, this people, I could, there's five other people that took their own lives that weren't my direct friends, mm-hmm. but were friends of the friends that took their own lives. And it's like this ripple effect through these teenage years of young kids when sh- when you're just trying to work yourself out. Yeah. And we feel like we've survived it. Yeah. And, and what sort of environment do you feel like perpetuated that? Like why, why was there... Because so- I know that where I'm from in the southeast mm. suburbs, there's a huge... There was a huge suicide rate in uh, recent years. Yeah. Can you pinpoint what it is? Is it the the pressure that people feel? Nah, it doesn't discriminate. Yeah, I think that's what people say. Well, because you're in an affluent area. Yeah, affluent it's- area. A guy only a month ago that I grew up with, and he he grew up in the commission flats. Mm-hmm. So you know, wasn't from an affluent family, mm-hmm. and was from a harder upbringing. And he took his own life recently, and so it's like the other person people that i know were from great families and so it's like it isn't it's nothing to do it could be everything to do with your surroundings or nothing to do with your surroundings uh-huh. you know and that's the thing i think what leads you to that there's no one answer for mm-hmm. and is there any sort of uh collateral damage or things that people don't like obviously there's the obvious there's the obvious stuff right mm-hmm. there's the impact that it would have on the family the impact that it would have on friends how does that actually how do you think that comes out in life how how is it what have what how has it changed your identity how has it changed your path mm. um like like i said it's like just grateful that i'm wired the way i am mm-hmm. and i can have that thought and do you see that like so you see it as something of because that's one thing I've noticed with you, I feel like, is um, I think that you regard your the way that you've been wired mm. as, and you sort of elevate that, which I think could be a good thing, right? It's I think it's the equivalent of, say, using the secret or mm. a method like that, which is like, I remember someone saying to treat life like it's skewed in your favor, mm. right? And when you do that, all of a sudden, the hard times become easier. And you know that even though this bad thing's happening, that it's going to work out. And I think that's an interesting thing I've noticed with you specifically is that that's a common bit of dialogue, which mm. is I'm wired this way. I've got like, I've got the muscle mass to be out. Like I've mm. built this, I've got this thing. I've got like, do you think that that's yeah. self I don't know, maybe it is, but like from... I was a super restless kid. School, I didn't want to go from pretty much as soon as I started. Yeah. I was taking sick days and just staying home and mm-hmm. was giving my mum hell, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've always felt like I've got it. You know, like not going to school. Then like when I left, it felt like the, the fucking burden. I felt like this weight was off my shoulders. And I was like, oh, 
got rid of that now I can start my life and do my own thing and then I went and did my personal training course and started and I've always felt like I was in control of this life that I've given and and that's why I felt like that for a very long time and maybe that's why I feel like Maybe I'm blessed to be wired this way. I well, think feeling positively. feeling like you're in control. I think control is a big one because mm. maybe for suicide, it is about the act of finally having like the one thing mm. that you control, right? Like if we look at things like eating disorders or stuff like that, it's um, control plays a big part of it. Mm. I know that uh, when my eat- eating skews to fucking disorderly disordered eating it's it's around the time where i'm like this is something that i can control so Mm. it's like i've fucking eaten a lot of shit food Mm. and i know that i can not i can fast you know like fasting has become some such a shit hot fucking thing so Mm. it's like okay i can fast today and i'm in control and i can choose what i put into my body and um I think that we seek we seek control a lot, right? Like even the mm. conversations uh, that we've been having around our days and, and what we want to do in a day and how we split up our day and being pulled in different directions. I think the antsiness is when we feel like we're not in control. Mm. Um, but if we... And so it's, it's about creating parameters around choosing... Like making the active choice... That whatever we do, even if it's a shit that we don't want to do, we're choosing to do it. Yeah. It, it, it gives you the power, yeah. therefore the control back when you're saying, I'm choosing to be in this job. Yeah. Because as hard as it may be, the realities are there probably is another solution and it might be fucking hard to get there. Yeah. But there is the other, something else. You can do, if you want guaranteed money, if you want, like, so say if you're a, a freelancer or a business owner or you know you're in a in a profession where money doesn't sort of uh come as regularly or it's not as consistent you can start working at Woolworths and you could probably I don't know what, what do they get paid 45 grand a year or something I don't know mm. 45 grand or whatever it is and you can like there are people who have like c- consistent jobs and they mm. can work and they can uh and they can have a little bit more guarantee and so it's knowing that that's always an option, mm. but we're, we're, we're choosing this option because we know that the, uh, there's probably more to gain from the risk associated mm. with it. And then, I mean, on a sympathetic, empathetic, which ones are not feeling sorry for them? Empathy. Yeah. Empathetic from people that I've known that have battled mental illness and you know, my that mindset of you could just work, you do realise that. Yeah. Is like they're just so far from that. Well it's not and yeah, it's the logical not, stuff goes away, right? And so it can be just scaling back. Yeah. And it's, it's such an individual unique basis for everybody where to start. Like if you've been unemployed and feeling so, such lack of worth. Yeah. It's interesting like the the sense of worth that work gives people and it's not even the fucking job it's not even just working at Coles it's like just a responsibility as a human to show up and you know exchange a skill for money mm-hmm. and it's and it's very much bred into our culture and that's years over generations of it where it's like so much worth is attached to the work that yeah. we do and it's and I and I feel like I've always chased 
work that's been the thing that I love most. Mm-hmm. And I was almost about to say, like that's been in my mindset. It's like I've really not settled for jobs and I've got closer and now I'm in this position where I'm like, I'm doing the thing closest to the thing I want to do for a long time and the thing that's within me and resonates and aligns with what I am and who I am more than ever. <laughs> but yeah. I was going to say that's like a wiring thing. Yeah. But maybe maybe it is. Yeah. But for Isn't the people... That interesting that that's constantly the the wiring thing this is how i've made like that's identity yeah that yeah and it's a it's a mechanism to be able to move forward i wonder if um i wonder if that means that the harder times become harder mm. because if you're wired to be a certain way and it's not working out then it feels a little bit more personal it hurts mm. a little bit more when it's like i'm meant to be doing other stuff i think you can be over positive yeah, like my 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 wiring is to what's the what's the po- most positive look on this problem, right? Yeah, and this and when you do face tragedy or fucking serious, you know, heartbreak, it's like sometimes it's not worth going to that positive place first. You got to you have to bask is probably not the right word, but you have to feel mm-hmm. these fucked up feelings. To then to allow develop. you to get to that next stage where you could find a positive in it. And I do, like, I have, and I've noticed this in a relationship with Amy, is that I have gone to this positive place and at times it hasn't served, hasn't been positive. It's such a weird thing. Yeah. Not positive, but I've gone to a positive thinking before I've felt it. So, Do you find that all of these things have been crucible moment like what has been your crucible moment mm. oh, a crucible moment for me was working for kiss fm yeah and it, it was nothing about kiss it's like the out of alignment with me doing what i truly want to be doing yeah and it's like and i think the feeling i felt was probably an extreme as far as like i gotta get out of here mm-hmm. this is i feel yuck it's the closest thing i feel to being depressed yeah and i don't experience depression like some people but i was mm-hmm. like exhausted and felt zapped of energy and just shit about myself and i wasn't creating the way i wanted to so it's like all those things imagine all those people out there that are going through that it's yeah. like who can't fe- recognize like who also don't recognize it right like yeah your talk about wiring and that almost builds a shield because that mm. becomes your driver, your purpose, your focus. Mm. Whereas for some people, they're sort of more they're like a sponge. They they absorb these things yeah. more, right? So like yeah. think about this. What was the self-talk that was going on in those moments in regards to what, how you were feeling about yourself? Uh, I think I identified it pretty quickly. I was only in the job for six months. Yeah. But I got out and it was just the same feeling of the weight lifted off my shoulders and I was whatever eighty grand less off, less yeah. less as a fucking solid paycheck coming to me, mm-hmm. and I was in this place of unknown, and but I felt happier. Yeah. So it was like back to the happiness that that's probably more of my happiness where I'm paving my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I remember as a kid, right? Uh, it's probably pretty loose, and camped in my best mate and Ford. My other best mate, we were in a spa. And, um, Can I just say, Campton is 
so worried the government's following him. <laughs> Is it okay that you used his last name? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> no, you, you've probably outed him uploading his photos to, to Google. Google Photos. When I did I told that, him that. Because it was uh, Bodie, uh, Tommy's little boy's first birthday. And when I put it onto Google Photos, I was thinking, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't actually think you were going to be able to post the video that Amy posted because I was oh, like, yeah. I was I not going to put Campton in there because I was like, I know that he can get all fucking nah, funny about the government. He's all right. Anyway, so you, you uh, made in a spa. Campton in the spa. And they, I can't even remember what it was about, but they pulled me up and just said, you got to fucking pull your head in. And I can't, but it was like and this it was a crucible jolting moment. moment. That's a crucible moment for me. And it had nothing to do with my work or whatever. Yeah. It was like my identity of who I probably thought I was and yeah. the, my best mates going, we love you. Can you fucking stop being such a dick? Yeah. I can't even remember what I was being a dick about. They don't remember what I was about, but they remember the moment. And for me, it was just, it was life changing. Yeah. And I was young and it, it, it felt good. Well, it does. I don't think it feels good at the no, time. No, it felt good the other side. Yeah, Come, this awaken, yeah, awakening. understanding and changing and realizing it's not you. I think that there's been so many times where I've had. Whenever you get told off, you get mm. that sick feeling. Yeah, or you realize that in a moment you've been misaligned with where you were, who you are, mm. and then you adjust, right? And you take learnings from it. Yeah, and it's um, it's realizing that where this fucking these growing things that are changing and we're mm. not, you know, we're not, um, we're not who we used to be, you know, we're not mm. our past. And, uh, and I think being, I still in, see you as the guy that committed to a million steps and only did <laughs> 33,000. But the thing is, it's, it's that, uh, actually 99, it's, it's all that context, right? Like all of the, the thing is that, um, <laughs> even though you might not be that person, yeah, you are still your identity today. The person you are is based on those, mm. on all those sort of things. So this weird stuff. I mean, I'm very like, um, what do you think about going to like therapists and psychologists? Have you Man, ever done it? Have yeah. You, I, you know? my mum took me when I was year nine, I went every Tuesday or Thursday or something. And I just remember, and maybe that's helped shape me. Yeah. And just being in tune. Like I grew up with a mum who's a yoga teacher mm. and meditates and my dad. And so it's like, I definitely feel like I've been shared some wisdom uh-huh. from them, whether it be I know it or not in the moment. But I see that has helped. Like, and I remember crying in that. I remember just not wanting to go. And like, it was, it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But I know it, I definitely know that it was good talking about it everything that I was going through. Yeah. And I was like, I just went to a fucking private school, dude. Yeah. Grew up in Brighton. Had a good life. Yeah, absolutely. I got everything I wanted. Uh-huh. But still, I'm battling my own shit. Yeah. And I was restless and come out the other side. And I, and that's where I, it was school. I don't know. It's like, and that's where I worry with my little man is like, I, I almost feel, I, and I worry more about the school system now yeah. than I did when I was younger because the world's different yeah, and absolutely. it's a fucking privilege to be a teacher. Yeah. Some of the shit that the teachers did to me uh-huh. and maybe they couldn't handle me because mm-hmm. I was out there and wild, but it's still shaping of a young person. Mm. 
the way these teachers are. I mean, and that's a thing. Like I had some of the best relationships, some of the best friends. You ripped off your teacher. Teacher, <laughs> what did I do? Remember, you told that story. You told her you'd make a video. She gave you all the footage and three hundred bucks, oh, and you never made right. it no, for it. Yeah, that was <laughs> one of the teachers at the school, which I feel bad about. But no, like yeah, some of the people that I was closest. The funny thing was that yeah. I didn't have that many close friends at school, but I had close friends that were teachers. I remember yard duty, like hanging around, we'd just chat and talk about things. <laughs> You're a fucking man outside of your years. Like, yeah, there was a bit of a misalignment in the sense of... I look at you as a kid and some videos you've shown me where you talk into the camera. It's like... You're a big little weirdo. Yeah. And now as an adult, it totally makes more sense of the dude who you are. Well, that's why I just love... It was love. like you were out of line. You were an adult in this little fat kid's body. <laughs> that's what I love. In the to, nicest possible sense. That's what I loved about um, uh, your friend Charlotte's kid, Taj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just Brie and I both love kids. They're just like little adults. Yeah. And that just have these personalities and... Um, you, they need to be sort of uh, nurtured. Cause, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I remember internalizing a lot of, um, I would say things that were, I'd go too far and, I, you know, I would upset a lot In of people. Oh, I just remember, like, I was always the one that would ruin family events. Remember I spoke about <laughs> handcuffing my uncle. or At one. Yeah, I uh, made uh, my cousin cry who was she would have been in her 20s and i would have been like 13 or something or 12 but the the thing is i i remember taking those things so personally Mm -hmm. i remember being like why did you do that you shouldn't have done that and oh them saying to you that was no that was my internal like so they do that yeah so they would just be angry and just being like and i think that what I realized, I, I really took it on. Like I was really, I had a lot of shame around like doing mm. those things. But um, it seems like maybe are we moving with all of this social media stuff? Like are we moving into more conversations, authenticity? Mm. What's your prediction of what's happening? massive cut through. I think doing this podcast is maybe look at radio in a complete different light Uh and whether it serves a purpose nowadays or not is another discussion and well this has come all of this conversation has sort of happened naturally whereas potentially if the content director had caught wind of uh your past and suicide and all that sort Mm. of thing it's like okay all right we're gonna plan it around what they'd be saying what would they say just remember to be plugging lifeline at the end yeah and for that and that, that fucking irks me yeah is like don't forget the fucking lifeline number so we don't seem negligent yeah it's like well no how about a conversation that's and i get it and it's not even that i don't want to say the lifeline thing but it's like i feel like there's so many of these fucking it's a bit of a cliche to right, tick, right? Yeah. it's almost uh it's it's when they feel like they're onto something like if you have to say that you know give the lifeline number and stuff we've been authentic and we're doing something it's a bit mm-hmm. zany um and it's also you think about turn your fucking phone off no that's uh, actually my computer in the other room the, oh, going off the uh yeah but also think about like what contribution some of these people can make and that's all they like as producers and stuff like that yeah. that is 
they yeah. hear it they and they're like oh this is the opportunity this is where we've got to do this thing yeah yeah um, yeah ticking your box and so my point is there's a massive cut through with honesty now and i see it with these kings of podcasting and the honesty that they're bringing and and the um dismantling of news outlets and media outlets that are not being honest like think about the movement of clickbait articles and mm-hmm. there was and you were in it i was in it i was writing articles for these yeah companies we're and- talking about that this morning i used to be <laughs> i used to have to fucking write for the dirt which was fox's premium fucking hollywood entertainment thing yeah. written by josh jansen knowing nothing about fucking celebrity <laughs> stuff in south melbourne yeah, or caring about their feelings and just whatsoever. fucking ripping into Lindsay lohan you know <laughs> Lindsay's done it again is anyone surprised <laughs> It's just like fucking web guy Josh, bit fucking. And so loose. there was that that time of clickbait that was work that was I I don't know. It's like it wasn't getting called out as hard as it is now. Yeah. It's like we've come to a point where we're like, yo, this ain't fucking acceptable no more. Yeah. Don't if you make me click on that shit and it's fake or it's not re- like the, the information you've led with isn't there. It's you weren't exhausting. honest. Yeah. I will feel very hurt by that. Yeah, and it's this, and I think it's it's biting people on the ass. Or like now. brand loyalty, all of these things matter. Yeah, uh, and I think that for building a long term audience, clickbait doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. I think the thing is that you want to like. What do you think we call this? Because like, you want to be honest around the episodes. Mm. What do you call this episode? If you fucking think... I don't even know what we spoke about at the the start, right? Mm. But if you fucking... Yeah, if you talk about happiness and then they get halfway through... Like, do we we lead with talking about the darker stuff? Do we... Mm. um, I don't know. Yeah. I get... Yeah. Because we've even talked about big issues uh, like feminism and all that sort of stuff. And we haven't led... The thing is... We don't we don't see ourselves as being in a position to be able to talk about this stuff with authority. Mm. We're talking about it through the lens of us. Mm. So we don't lead with the other external thing because we're going to get someone outside of our audience. Where it's like this is this is more about this. Maybe happiness is the is the right sort of caption for you know mm. title for this. My mum said to me, "How do you come up with the t- topics? Do you go in with the topic?" And you're I like, said, Mum, you're fucking overthinking it. Yeah. Well, because we actually haven't been thinking about it, but most of the topics have led back to happiness in this. Yeah. And I mentioned that and I thought about that movie, but it was just something that interests me. But I think it is a natural exploration of honest conversation yeah. or honest topics. And it's um, and that's what I find refreshing. You know, yeah. I think that we've we tried to um, control it. We tried to create some sort of uh, structure around it, mm. and creativity needs structure. But um, maybe the structure is putting the microphones turns, in front of you. Yeah, turning the fucking microphones on, and you know what? I think the biggest structure for me is shutting the fuck up. Like mm. it's, and t- to be honest, from episode one to ten versus now, yeah. we couldn't have necessarily probably had this conversation in episode five because I would have been too busy fucking no because you're still trying to in. do those 33,000 steps a day <laughs> exactly but you know and this is this is part of the development yeah, but yeah. um and it's a different i think that the other thing too is people expect that they need to you know we're at a time now where everyone is taught thinking about branding they're all mum mm-hmm. will say to dad 
Now, when you go to the airport, make sure you check in to the fucking lounge on Facebook. She like, says that? Yeah. She legit says yeah. that? Lynn, are you Lynn, saying that? Lynn is fucking out of control. And so, but it's these things where it's like everyone now has the control to shape their identity online. Mm. And it is the epitome of control, right? Mm. It's being able to say, all of this shit might be happening around me, but I can put up a photo and we all do and the other thing is we all fucking do it because as soon as there's as soon as we see friends like what would your you know uh best friend at 18 what would he what would have social media what sort of Mm. social media profile would have he had what like i think that we think about these things it's like it's um it's another dimension that we're thinking about right Mm. it's like it's ourselves and that's what we're putting out there and uh, the, it's a hard one because we like authenticity, but we only like it to a certain point. Yeah. If someone is too authentic, if someone's revealing everything, they're unhinged. You yeah. know, if, if someone, yeah, if someone's, I know people that I've got on Instagram who I saw someone the other day posted a photo of them with te- like in tears, being like they're having a bad day. Oh god! And they posted that. And then you you do have empathy because you say, fuck, if you're willing to, if you're posting that, you're crying for help. Was it Lynn and she was at the lounge <laughs> and didn't get in? <laughs> no, no that's it, full on. It? But I, I, I mean, if you looking at that for an example, it's on Facebook. Like, was it a, was it, what was it some sort of cry for help? Like, was it? Yeah, I think it's a. It was a di- desire for connection. It's yeah. it's a desire for Which people it's just to this say new thing. You kind of go, oh, it's gross. Why are you sharing that? And it's that yuckiness of over on what is what do you radical mean? honesty? Yeah, it's like a radical honesty. But maybe but are we I don't being know. attention set? But this is a thing, yeah. right? It's like fucking Josh and Tommy will do anything for fucking listens. They're fucking talking about all of these things. But I think the thing is, we couldn't talk about this shit if we actually didn't think. Of, we didn't talk about these topics anyway. We yeah. talk about this shit regardless of the mics on or not. Absolutely. I think that that's, try- that's the difference is it's trying to be, and this is, I think I'm better at it with audio than I am with video, which is how do you be your authentic self? How do you mm. speak as if you're uh, not being recorded? Yeah, I think hard. that the difference is, you know, we've had some really lovely feedback from people saying, oh, you know, you guys have good conversations and the reason is is we have been doing this for two years Mm. you know we've been working on our businesses for over two years together and throughout that process we would have a conversation most uh, like definitely in the last year we've probably had two conversations a day right Mm. and then going back two years you know once a day once every couple of days we would be talking and we're talking about life and we're talking Mm. about and trying to unpack um, what it is we're thinking, why we're thinking it, and trying to like move forward, and it's um. And I don't know if it's uh something many men do, or that it's definitely not promoted. Mm. Uh, and it's uh, I think I don't it's, know, maybe maybe I, I end up just oh, I do this with a lot of my mates. Yeah, James, you're having deep discussions with James, my mate, and yeah. I think it's an environment where we're allowing vulnerability. You're either amongst it with a bunch of your mates or you're listening into a podcast that dudes are doing it and you dig it 
And so it's like that's a part of it. That's this new wave of this yeah, connection well, through these social channels. It's outsourcing friends, you know. Yeah, it's why the not? ability that, you know, you might be in a fucking traditional town where no one's fucking talking about anything. And I even find mm. that there's a disconnect with, you know, my like my family and what we've we talk about. I feel like we we aren't that open about shit. Like we don't we don't necessarily go into hard conversations or shit mm. like that. Whereas I'm a lot more comfortable having those hard conversations with you because it's what we've sort of built in. Mm. Um, and I feel like I get a lot out of it. Um, and hopefully uh, you do and everyone else that's listening mm. get something out of it too. And uh, there's um the that dude who I said that jumped off the... Uh, Golden Gate. Golden Gate Bridge. I think he says, he was talking around a fact around just talking to somebody else if you were in fucking dark places. Uh-huh. And he was just saying, it's like the fa- the statistics are out on what it actually does. Uh-huh. In, even just engaging in some conversation mm-hmm. with somebody. So if that's the if that's the case, so what do you what do you mean by that? You mean that- engage in a conversation if you're feeling like that dark, yeah, you know, bad, you know, not bad thoughts, but just those thoughts of taking your own life is like have a conversation because the st- the statistics are out even if you don't think it will help or not yeah it does yeah and so do it mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be to us reach yeah. out whatever yeah uh hi at the daily talk show.com is our email address and we do have our own po box i checked it today zero Nothing. mail well, there is now. If you actually send us something, you get something back. Yeah, we're, so we're sending. This is like we're sending you a book. Uh, it's uh, PO Box four hundred Abbotsford, Victoria three zero six seven. I'll put it also in the show notes. What, is there anything else we need to put in the show notes? Sorry know. about the long episode. Yeah, we've done it again. It's been an hour, but it's. Uh, a, I just want to quickly say a conversation. I feel different to how I did before I started this. Mm-hmm. And it's like a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like it's amazing how just fucking talking to somebody like this yeah. conversation about shit that's real and, you know, is. It feels like you're sort of almost, if you look at it visually, it's like you're really unraveling shit, right? Mm. It's like this, you've got a fucking ball that's all tangled up and we're just pulling at each thread and we're like yeah. by the end of a podcast we've just lined it all out and it's clunky as fuck yeah a lot of the time absolutely but, but it's just like matter. fucking trying to undo a fucking shoelace where it's all knotted right like you pull at it pull mm. at it, like and you'll 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 make a little bit of effort and then you realize that you fucking made it harder and mm. by the end of it you've undone your shoelaces or you like me and only wear velcro shoes <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone for listening have a great uh Tuesday, the 13th of uh, February. It's the Daily Talk Show with Josh and Tommy. Thanks.